I do want that little boy's life because he's just like <laughs> sitting on a wall eating ice cream, like bopping as he's listening to music through headphones. Having a great and time. That's the energy I want to bring to each and every day. <laughs> the energy of a boy who's been low key kidnapped. I love it. Yeah, um, but like in a chill way, in a cool <laughs> way. Uh, it's great. Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. Yeah, I like that we both always kind of wave our shoulders. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do a shoulder movement. You gotta get into it. Because I was also <laughs> thinking, there's a lot of dancing in this one. There is so much dancing in this one. This week we're talking about Shezada, your classic switched at birth story. <laughs> um, yeah. But there are so many good dance numbers. I think that, to me, is the best part of this movie. Great. Yeah, we're in agreement. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, because I don't actually think there's a ton to recommend this film. No, I agree. (laughs) Other than the songs are all really great. Like, the music is fantastic, and the dancing is phenomenal. Like, I just noticed... I love these steps. I love these moves. I'm loving the choreography. Yeah. So I actually did look up the choreographer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Since the dancing seems to be the highlight of this film, we will give them their due. The choreographers are Bosco Cesar, and they're like a two-person team-up, who, Kim, also choreographed Senorita. Well, we have already been fans of their work without even knowing. Yes, and they also choreographed War, John Harry Met Sedgel, Patan, (laughs) a lot of movies that we've seen. They have choreographed. There's a bunch I'm forgetting, but yeah, they're phenomenal. Well, that is amazing. And I also want to make sure we shout out Pratam, who did the music for this movie. Yes. Um, who also did the music for Ye Jivani, Hey Diwani, which we've watched for the podcast. They've done a ton of things. Oh, they did Ludo, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of things that I know we plan to talk about in the future. So Yes. The whole music scene of this movie is really on point. And there That's are great. a lot of things I do like about this movie, It's not overall one of my favorites that we've watched. Certainly not my favorite Kartik and Kriti matchup. (laughs) I agree. And I found myself wondering, watching it, what if we had watched the original film instead? Yeah, because Katie and I talked about this last week, but this is a remake of a Telugu language film. And we've seen this before in Bollywood, them remaking movies that were made in India just, like, a handful of years before. Yeah. The Telugu um, film came out in 2020. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get into it at the end of the episode. Oh, wink, excellent. Wink. It was not not enjoyable. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And I also wonder if watching the original Telugu film, if I'll feel differently. Because it's how Maybe. much original content is really here. I think Um, probably not a lot based on what I have learned. (laughs) Okay. Like we said, there is a lot to enjoy about this movie, and in Mm -hmm. particular the performances from our two leads, Kriti Sanon, who we've talked about on the podcast before, who is just phenomenal in every way. Um, A star. 
and uh, and Kartik Aryan, who is also a star. They're just both amazing. They're great together. They have great chemistry. And I wanted to look into this because ever since we did our research on the boycott Bollywood movement, I'm mm. always curious about who are Nepo babies, who are not. Oh yeah. Neither Kriti nor Kartik are Nepo babies. They're both totally self-made actors wow. and they both studied to be engineers, which oh, is fun. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> so they're also both really smart. Yes, I love that. Before we dive into the actual plot, Katie, I want to give you a different plot recap. Okay. I had a dream last night (laughs) starring Kartik Aryan. Interesting. And now I am not usually one to like remember my dreams or have them be like a good narrative, but I had this dream where Kartik and I were secretly dating. (gasps) Okay. And he came over and he was hanging out with me in my mom's kitchen. <laughs> uh-huh. And he was cooking breakfast. I was making us s'mores, which... Oh, I love that combo. Excellent choice, <laughs> yes. And then my sister came in and she was chatting with us and she asked him if he knew where Indianapolis was because she was about to embark on a road trip and Indianapolis was one of her stops. Okay. And he was like, yeah, I know where Indianapolis is. And I was like, Kartik, do you really know where Indianapolis is? And he was like, no, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> and that was pretty much the dream. There was also a point where I like accidentally spilled something on him and I made him take his shirt off and then oh we my, kissed like a little every, bit. But... <laughs> every lifetime rom-com ever. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, <laughs> it was like the sweetest, most normal and vivid dream I've mm. had in years. And it was excellent. That's and I just so needed great. to share that with you. Yeah, I love that. I wonder if, if part of your dream was informed by the Kalamazoo um, <laughs> from, from Davateish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a very fair point. Because like, yeah, would someone get excited about Indianapolis? Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Shezada. <laughs> Uh, a much more prolific plot starring Kartik Aryan. But we begin on a rainy night at St. Vincent's Hospital in Delhi, and there are two men who have just welcomed newborn sons. And one of these baby boys is the lucky, quote-unquote, prince of the wealthy Jindal family. But after checking him over, giving him his initial, like, newborn baby check, a nurse realizes that this baby boy has in fact died. She puts very little effort into I, ascertaining whether or not this is true. Yeah. Um, but like, this there is... has to be protocol for that. Or, like, try some baby CPR. Like, she was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've got to go hide this now. <laughs> and this is only funny because this baby is alive. Yes. Um, so she, she panics and she goes to make a phone call because, you know, when you're in a hospital and an emergency happens, you leave the hospital to make yeah. a call about the medical There's no emergency. doctors. Yeah, no, (laughs) there's no other options. But so she bumps into Valmiki, who is the other dad who has had a newborn son this night. And she ends up explaining to him what has happened. She's worried that because of the baby's death and because the Jindals are a powerful family, uh, that she's going to get blamed for this baby's death and it's Mm -hmm. going to be real bad. So Valmiki, he has worked for the Jindal family his entire life. He tells this woman that he owes them everything. And so he says, let's swap my baby boy with theirs. Mm-hmm. Which and at the, the time I was like, 
all right, this is really unrealistic, yeah. but, like, all right, I was sure. like, wow, what a selfless act yes. from Valmiki. Mm-hmm. And they do go through with it. They do swap the babies. And as they have left the, the hospital room, the Jindal baby, who we thought was dead, starts crying. Mm-hmm. And he is, in fact, alive. And the nurse is like, great, we can put them back. We can pretend like this never happened. But Valmiki decides that he is actually going to be the villain of this movie as opposed to the hero. And he snatches the baby out of the nurse's arms and he's like, nope. Randeep, Jindal, and I, we were once the same at the same level, but Randeep seduced and married the heiress to the Jindal fortune. And that could have been me, so... I'm going to take revenge, I'm going to steal their baby, and then my son is going to be raised like a king. Yeah. This revenge plot makes a lot more sense to me, oddly. (laughs) But he still, like, agreed to swap babies when he thought the other baby was dead. It's not like he knew it was alive the whole time. Exactly. To do a total 180 from selfless to just being a villain is whatever. Yeah. It's very confusing. I was like, okay. Right off the bat, we're like, there's holes all over this plot. Valmiki also says that the Jindal baby is unlucky because he didn't start crying until they left the hospital room. And the nurse protests to this, Mm -hmm. obviously, and they have a struggle, and the nurse gets thrown over the balcony. Uh Uh-huh. And she, like, hits her head on her way down, and she, we learn later that she's in a coma. Right. But at the time, it kind of looks like murder. It really looks a lot like murder, a whole lot, yeah. (laughs) No one seems like, oh, that's weird that she, like, (laughs) fell off a second-story balcony in the middle of the rain. No one looks up. They're just like, oh, my God. It's like, she just fell. I have no idea what happened. And he's literally just standing there with this baby. Like, no one thought that foul play might have been involved? Apparently not. Nope. Because the movie moves forward from here, and we see both of these boys grow up. Valmiki dotes on Raj Jindal, who is the... He is his actual biological son, but he's got this other boy at home who believes he's his biological son. Um, He names this boy Bantu, who... And Bantu, you know, the real heir to the Jindal fortune, he grows up with a very cold and very critical father. Yeah. And then we cut forward 25 years and we see a man yes. riding a horse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Up to the up to the Jindal mansion which looks like the White House and it's Kartik playing Bantu. He's the prince but not really because this is a dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Valmiki is basically having a dream/nightmare that his son who is not his son Bantu <laughs> Has like found him him. out and calls him a bloody child swapper. Yeah. And when Valmiki wakes up, he goes up onto his roof. He sees that Bantu is sound asleep like a sweet, sweet angel. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, gosh, wow, how can he look so happy when he's lost everything? He doesn't know that he's lost everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so what we come to learn is that Bantu is this honest to a fault young Mm -hmm. man. Also, his mom is now dead. The woman he thinks is his mom. And she loved him because she She thought he was her son. Yeah. But then we cut over to the Jindal house and Raj Jindal, Valmiki's biological son, is coming home 
He's been living abroad, and we get a sense of his character as well. We learn mm -hmm. that it took him seven years to finish a four-year degree. He only eats kheer with almond milk. Yeah. Um, and we do eventually learn that he's a vegan, although then we also see him eat eggs benedict, so who knows? That's a good point. I hadn't, <laughs> hadn't realized that because I got stuck on like the avocado toast. Yes, that's fair. On sourdough I, bread. <laughs> yeah, I love that he like went away to the States. Yes. And this is how he came back. Like I thought that was a funny little like jab at, you know, millennial culture. Yes. <laughs> in the States. Yeah. I totally agree. I enjoy Raj's character. Raj seems like just a sweet, simple fellow. Yeah. Yeah. He's a product of his upbringing, just like the rest of us. I was fully expecting him to be a total jerk. Me too, yeah. And so I'm happy that that's not part of his characterization at all. So, I agree, that was not well the done. route they took. We also learn through some of this exchange that Valmiki has never let Bantu into the Jindal house. He's always mm -hmm. kept that distant from him. And then after this, there's this whole thing with Bantu's sister where she gets assaulted on the street and he yeah. goes and beats up the assailant's this is not important plot-wise. Literally, we do not see Bantu's sister after the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. Um, she kind of disappears. Yeah, she just kind of stops being relevant. So the only real purpose that this serves is to show us that Bantu is inexplicably a really good fighter. Just like, yeah. <laughs> just I like have Muna. To, I, I guess it's because he's the son of a billionaire. Like... Maybe it's just, like, inherent in him that he's good at this. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't make a ton of sense. No, not really. <laughs> but I love it. And you know what? There usually is, like, an element of suspending your disbelief. So yes. that's fine. I think my main issue is that we have to suspend our disbelief a whole lot. Yes, several times <laughs> about a lot of different things. Yeah. But after this scene, something much more exciting happens, which is that we get introduced to Kriti's character, Samara. She's actually interviewing Bantu for a job as a paralegal at her law firm. Mm -hmm. And he immediately falls in love with her because, duh, and also because of her legs. Yes, um, but she is wearing such a cute, like, suit with shorts yes. and heels. She looks great, um, though. Like, I she love looks, that outfit. She mm -hmm. looks amazing. I aspire could never achieve but can aspire but so samara immediately dismisses bantu because they at their law firm they usually hire harvard and cambridge grads mm -hmm. but she does give bantu a chance to prove himself she asks him to represent her client's wife in kind of a mock divorce settlement although it's very mm -hmm. real to these two individuals <laughs> yes and basically instead of actually arguing the side for this woman who wants to divorce her husband, he convinces this couple to get back together. <laughs> yep. Through this whole scene, I realized like the crucial element of Kartik Aryan as mm -hmm. an actor is that he always puts a smile on my face. Yes! There's just something about his energy that he brings to a role that I'm always just like smiling and I, I don't even yeah. notice it, which it's just fun. You're absolutely right. And he always yeah. has a smile on his mm -hmm. face. And so I feel like it's it's infectious. Yes. But so after these two get back together, Samara's like, all right, you need to get out of my office. You've lost me a client. I'm not going to hire you. Bye. But then back at the Jindal house, the family is talking business. And we learn that there is a man named Sarang <laughs> uh -huh. who has been exporting drug-filled stuffed animals using the Jindal's planes. 
Yeah. And the Jindals um, don't want that. Nope. Yeah, no. I wouldn't either if I were them. <laughs> Rondeep, who is Raj's dad, supposedly, he wants to use this as an opportunity to test Raj. And Raj yeah. literally, like, drives into the room, like, in a tiny little car. Um, and I love he has a butler named yes. Cadbury. Named Cadbury, who, yeah. <laughs> who announces him every time he enters the room. I love him. Oh, it's great. Excellent stuff. But so, yeah, so Rondeep wants this to be an opportunity for Raj to prove himself. Raj's mom, Yashu, is like, you don't need to prove yourself. Just be who you are. Again, with, like, drug runners. Like, you yeah. can come up with a different <laughs> test. The first thing you ask your son to do for the business is to, like, deal with people who have been illegally smuggling drugs. Yeah, like, and also, why aren't these men in jail? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, no, you can't use our planes anymore. That's all we're concerned about. <laughs> oh, it's all very strange. But yeah. anyway, so Raj does go and he meets with Sarang's brother, Vikrant. And his dad, Randeep, is, like, watching on the hidden cameras from a nearby cafe. And he's, like, uh-huh. literally telling Raj what to do through a yeah. Bluetooth earbud Through an thing. AirPod. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, you can tell when someone's wearing AirPods. <laughs> but I guess it's so, like, normal now that you just would, would be like, you're just still wearing AirPods and it's fine. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I would think it was weird. <laughs> But Raj literally can't say no. He no. He's, like, biting his fist. He's, like, giggling about this situation. Um, and eventually, Sarang himself walks in, and he tries to intimidate Raj. But then Randeep chooses this moment to, like, unveil himself, a la the Wizard of Oz, on the screen. Yeah. And he's like, no means no. Now get out of my office. Meanwhile, Bantu and Samara are in this same cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's within this building, this office building. And Samara is there to meet with a man who wants her to represent his brother. But she's like, no, I'm not going to take on your brother as a client because he is guilty of assaulting a woman. Yeah, I, I love that she is this strong boss mm-hmm. who's just very firm. And he's like trying to convince her. And she's like, nope. And she, like, she looks like a boss. She's yeah. acting like a boss. <laughs> she's just, she's so good. So the boss. Through and through. Mm-hmm. She goes to walk away, but the man like reaches out and grabs her arm, and Bantu interjects. And then we get this very entertaining exchange where Bantu is trying to impress Samara. Yeah. Um, while also trying to prevent an assault from happening. Um, and he's citing law code. And so he's like, oh, now you're committing a public nuisance. Now you're committing vandalism. Well, now you've attempted murder because this guy literally, like, throws a knife at him. Yeah, that he just kind of sidesteps. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, he doesn't care. He's unfazed. And finally, he says, when someone says no, especially a lady, it means no. Um, and as the man storms past, Samara literally, like, trips and falls into Bantu's arms, and she agrees to hire him. And Rondeep, meanwhile, has overheard this whole thing, and he is clearly very impressed by Bantu. And so Samara and Bantu, they're crushing on each other. And then we get into our first dance number, Mere Savalka. Yeah, which um, yeah. is very fun. Very fun. Exceptional outfits. I particularly love Samara is she's wearing like a pink, an all pink outfit with like a light pink top and a dark pink skirt. Yeah. Um, and then she's wearing like a super cute cropped cardigan with high waisted jeans, which is the look I rock almost every day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very into it. 
I do just want to note that she is his boss. She is his boss, yeah. And and that never seems to really come up. <laughs> That's a really good point that honestly I hadn't really thought it of before. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Just how readily she was like, yeah, I find this man attractive, too. I think everything else about her character suggests that she would say, okay, we're developing feelings. Let's go ahead and put you with a different lawyer, like, or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's fine. I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Another but I love this dance number because at first I was like, oh, my God, he's just creeping on her, yeah. going about her business, and she doesn't know. But then they flip it so yes. that she's creeping on him. And I was yeah. like, okay, great. It is reciprocal. We're good. We love reciprocal creeping. Yep. Um, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because I love when she, when it's like her part of the song and she's singing, she's saying how all she wants is a nice guy. She doesn't care about mm. wealth. She just wants someone who's going to treat her right. And we love that for her. Yes. At the end of this song, we see Valmiki, who apparently goes like every few months to torture the nurse who's in the coma. And he's like teasing her about her like being taken care of by the Jindal family. It's very yeah. cruel. He's the one that did it. Yeah. I like... know. Yeah. He's a terrible person. But at the end of this particular session of teasing, he goes to walk away and she actually reaches out and grabs his arm. So maybe she's actually waking up from this coma. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then we see Samara's dad brings her to meet the Jindals. As they're walking into the house, he reveals that they're actually there to arrange a marriage between <laughs> Samara and Raj. Raj, true to form, enters the scene in his little car, but then yeah. he and Samara go and chat in private. And he's like, she's a wonder woman, and he agrees to the marriage. So now Samara is engaged to Raj. <laughs> yep. Happens very quickly. Very quickly. But then Samara is telling Bantu about this, and she says that she doesn't care how rich the Jindals are. There's no love in that house, which we do come to learn is the truth, yeah. at least for this moment in time. And Bantu's like, well, hey, I've got a pretty small house, so I don't know how you're going to feel about that. And she's like, well, do you love me? And he says, well, you are out of my reach. You belong in my dreams. And she's like, well, I really like you. And he's like, eh, I don't know if that's enough. And she's like, okay, well, how about we just go ahead and fall in love? <laughs> and he's super happy. It's very sweet. And then he calls her ma'am and she like punches him in the stomach. Because <laughs> yeah. um, again, she is his boss. She is indeed his boss. Yeah. And there could have been a more professional route to this, but. Uh, or like have had her just be a coworker. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like their love confession came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and I understand that a lot of Bollywood films, you know, they do, like, the one dance number that's them falling in love. Like, mm -hmm. love does happen very quickly sometimes, but I usually find it a lot more believable than this. It's just, I'm like, when did this happen? Were there these scenes that were cut out? They've had very little actual screen time together other yeah. than the song, and usually that's not the place where we're seeing actual interactions between the characters. Right. Yeah, it would have been nice to maybe see a montage mm -hmm. instead of a dance number for the first song, but that's not what we get. <laughs> nope. But we do get a new, another dance number in this moment, Munda Sona Humane, which is an excellent bop. Mm -hmm. Big fan of this number. Lots of body rolls, lots of hips popping. I like that Bantu multiple times throughout this song is getting dragged across the beach by a series of very buff men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just like a lot of shirtless men yeah. who are very muscular. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, it's a real good time. And I also like the moment where they've got the sunglasses, like the yes, men have the, the sunglasses dance. on their shoulders and the men have, or the women have it on their hips. It's very Yes. Cute. The first few beats, Samara's wearing stilettos on mm-hmm. a boardwalk. Oh, no. And I was like, oh my God, that gives me such anxiety. Like, yeah. I'm just waiting for her heel to get stuck and just like twist an ankle. Oh, it's oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> no good. But I did want to say that there are so many white ladies lots of white ladies in this number yes we could be those white ladies I don't think there's really anyone in particular I would want to be I just want to be part of it me too they weren't doing a ton of dancing so I feel like we easily could have been any of those white ladies yeah totally agree then after this dance number Sarong goes to meet with Rondeep He's trying to get Rondeep to change his mind and renew their contract with each other, but Rondeep won't. Mm-hmm. So Sarang stabs him with his umbrella. With an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's, it's just like, it's, he's being murdered with an umbrella? It's a very sharp umbrella. <laughs> and then I also was like, they're definitely going to know who did it. I know. It's like, not subtle in any way. If, um, if he's dead, they'll be like, huh. Who was meeting with him? Oh, like, Sarong? Oh, Sarong. the guy who we just canceled a contract with? Wow. Yeah, it's so weird because apparently there just aren't any cops around ever. Like, <laughs> Just the one cop. <laughs> just the one that shows up for reasons I'm very unclear about. <laughs> and gets very on. easily deterred from spending any further yeah. time with the Jindal family. Like, yes, He's not there when he should be there with the drug smugglers <laughs> and the murders. <laughs> But (sighs) yeah, it was not super well thought out. It's all a lot. But so Samara and Bantu, they're arriving at the same time that Sarang is leaving the building. They want to go and convince Randeep that Samara shouldn't marry Raj. But they like walk into his office and they find him bleeding out on the floor. From Um, an umbrella wound. From an umbrella wound. And so they're trying to get him out of the building, but Sarong has prevented them from exiting. He's, like, locked the stairwell. He's jammed the elevator. But Bantu finds a construction elevator, like, on the outside of the building. So they get out. They get Mm -hmm. down. They end up hijacking a car that was Sarong's car. And they get away. They get to the hospital. Sarong at that time is like, yeah, well, you know, we did stab him. So that's fine that they stole our car. I was like... Where are you, like... (laughs) Sarang is the worst written villain. (laughs) Where's your head at, bro? Like, either you want him dead, in which case you should probably prevent him from going to the hospital. Yeah. Or you're just, like, again, an agent of chaos. (laughs) And you're just running around stabbing people and making decisions, like, willy-nilly. But also, I felt a bit of disconnect with this entire scene because it's a bit ridiculous that they use the window washer to go down the outside of the building. Mm Mm-hmm. But not so ridiculous that I can find it, like, amusing. It was kind of like, like, what's the point? Yeah. Either it's realistic or it is so absurd that I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't either of those things. It was just kind of like, what? Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah. They didn't take it far enough in either direction. But they do get Ron deep to the hospital. As they're running him into surgery, they go past the nurse. And she is no longer in the coma. She has woken up. And she gets Bantu's attention, and she asks him if Randeep is his father. And right at that moment, Valmiki walks in, because they've called the people close to Randeep. And Bantu's like, yeah, no, that's my dad. And he points at Valmiki. And so the nurse, like, she freaks out, and she Mm -hmm. reveals everything. And then she starts shouting that she needs to confess to Randeep, and she needs to apologize to him. But she gets so worked up that she dies? Yep. 
But so poor Bantu is, uh, this is pretty traumatizing for him. It's been a rough day. It's been a real rough day. He runs to the door. He sees Randeep in surgery. Um, he then goes to the waiting room. He sees Randeep's wife, Yashu, and is like, that's my real mom. My mom's not dead. She's right here. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously feeling a lot of feelings. And then Aditya, who's Randeep's dad and Bantu's grandfather, he comes up to Bantu. He's all teary-eyed and he's like thank you thank you so much for saving yeah. our son and this is yeah just a very emotional moment for a lot of people for a lot of reasons um mm-hmm. but then we see bantu and valmiki they kind of have this moment they're walking together they walk past the nurse she's not really a nurse anymore i guess because she's in a hospital bed but then so then like yeah. an actual nurse who's still a practicing nurse is like <laughs> don't worry she's dead i don't know <laughs> A very it's cool guy. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. <laughs> very weird moment, but really just serves for Bantu to like slap Valmiki in the mm-hmm. face and then like stride off into intermission. Yeah. And so then after intermission, Bantu is accusing Valmiki of he says pulling him down from heaven and back to earth. And basically Valmiki gives himself away by being like, Well, that nurse doesn't know what she's talking about. And Bantu's like, I never mentioned any nurse. It's the Mm -hmm. classic, like, giving more information than the person actually has. Yes. Then Bantu is like, don't worry, Valmiki, I'm not going to rat you out. It's enough for me to be free of your influence. So he's feeling pretty good about himself right now. Yeah, Um, he's just also, like, he's just a good guy. He is a good guy. Because I feel like this plot typically is someone wanting to reclaim their birthright. And he's like... No, I'm content with what I have. I don't need what they would offer me. I agree. I I do like that that was the direction that this went in and not like, not like a revenge plot. Yeah. But Bantu, he does want to get in with the Jindals. And so he decides that the best way to go about this is to kidnap uh, their doctor's son. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty low key kidnapping. But so he holds the son for ransom. And so then we see the doctor telling the Jindals like, oh, you need to have someone with some positivity around. Um, Why not bring that nice guy who saved Randeep's life over here to hang out? So Valmiki goes and he gets Bantu and he brings him through the gates. And then we get our title number, Shezada. I think I am going to pick this song as my favorite. Great. Because it's so theatrical. Like it feels... It feels like you're watching a musical, which is different yes. from watching a Bollywood movie. <laughs> yes! I'm so glad that you got the same vibe because yes. I was like, God, it feels like musical theater. Yeah. And it gave me big Annie vibes. Sure, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, a lot of those classic musicals, it yeah. just, it really had that feeling. It's got a great vibe. I love Kartik's fancy footwork. Like, this is what he's... And I'm saying Kartik because, like, this is what I feel like he does as a dancer. Mm -hmm. Everything about it is just super fun. There's a horse. Yeah, it's the same horse he was riding before. Yeah. Can I just... Let me talk about this horse. (laughs) Bantu, he's got a really short hold of those reins. Mm. And uh, I don't love it. But it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Everyone makes it out alive. <laughs> yes, but you know, the horse's mouth shouldn't be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> that poor Open horse. Like a dragon. 
Well, and over the course of the song, we do see Bantu actually enter the house. He's got the biggest, cutest smile on his face. He's looking at the family pictures. He, like, picks up a picture of his mom, Yashu, and he hugs it. So at the end of the number, Bantu is meeting with Aditya, his grandfather, and he asks him to come and quote-unquote work for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But really what he wants is just for Bantu to be his buddy. And that's very cute. And they just call each other buddy. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> and I love that Bantu knows that this is his grandfather. Yeah. And that he's, like, building this relationship with him. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's very sweet. And then there's a great moment, like, Aditya leaves the room and Bantu's like, wow, I can't believe all this is mine. And then he turns around and he, like, walks over the couch wearing his <laughs> <Yeah>. boots. <laughs> just steps on it. And it's like a cream couch. We've talked about how only rich people have white couches. Yeah, exactly. Because they can just pay to have it cleaned or replaced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so Bantu, he wants to fix everything that's wrong with the Jindal family, his family. And so he starts with the sarong problem. And then we, there's this whole thing where he and Aditya, they fly to Mauritius. And one of Sarong's men punches Aditya, um, and then Bantu goes back into butt-kicking mode. And there's this whole fight scene. At, at one point in this fight scene, he, like, steps on a guy's face and <laughs> flips his entire body as if this man were a plank of wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you stepped on one end, and then it went flipping. Just went <laughs> There's also a part where he, like, bounces a guy off a tire, which is fun. Yeah, and also the thing where he grabs, like, a guy's arms, and then they both, like, body slam into the ground, but then he inexplicably (laughs) just, like, is back up on his feet. Yeah. A lot of defying physics here in this fight scene. They basically just came to, like, beat up some goons, and Bantu says to Sarong's brother... Like, we came here to, like, beat them up. You don't have any evidence against us. We don't have any evidence against you. So let's just call it a stalemate. Like, no more violence. Mm -hmm. One thing. Because throughout the movie, Bantu's been telling people to email him. Yes, yeah. (laughs) So his email is bantuka4 at gmail.com. And it's, like, 12ka4. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bantuka4. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's so good. I am so happy. One, that you pointed that out, and two, that we get that joke. That's amazing. I know, because, um, yes, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, One, Two, Ka, Four, it's a Shah Khan film and a Jackie Shroff film. Yeah. It's, honestly, we didn't love it. No, it's bad. <laughs> but I was like, I don't get why they keep bringing up his email address. And then I said it out loud, and I was like, oh. Oh, that's so funny. That's amazing. Thank you so much for bringing that up. You're welcome. (laughs) But anyway, so we go back to the Jindal house and Bantu and Aditya, they're discussing the rest of the family and they've both been noticing that there's some tension between Randeep and Yashu, who are Bantu's parents. Mm -hmm. And also Aditya is like, I really want to see Raj get angry about something. Um, And he's also kind of a weird dude and... Sort of like, yeah, we've, we've all noticed that. <laughs> but eventually, we see Bantu driving Raj and Samara to a date. Mm-hmm. And Bantu's like, oh, you make a really cute couple. But Samara's like, listen, I'm tired of the games. I yeah. just want to, like, come out and be honest here. And so she grabs Bantu and she kisses him. And Raj is, he's shocked by this news. But ultimately, he's like, eh. I'm happy for you guys. Like, you look good together. And Bantu's just like, why aren't you mad about this? Yeah, Bantu's like, 
bro, come on, you gotta get mad about something, which I don't really think he needs to, but he does need to get mad about his family, so Bantu's, like, trying to kind of bring that out in him. Honestly, he just needs to have an emotion. Yes. Like, he's just pretty apathetic. with the world in some kind of way. Yes. And so Bantu, like, he wants to elicit this in Raj, and so he kind of goes off on him. He's calling him a spoiled rich kid. He's saying that his parents gave him everything he ever wanted, and now he's kind of nobody and nothing. And he's got to go and, like, get mad at them for Mm -hmm. raising him this way and really, like, giving him all of the advantage in the world as well as, like, none of the advantage to actually do stuff with the world. Yeah. And Raj does get mad, and he ends up going Mm -hmm. and yelling at his whole family. He tells them that they snatched his personality away and that his problem is that he has no problems. And so he's like, now I'm making my own decisions. And Cadbury, get me a scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so this is the evolution of Raj. I like that he finally stands up to his parents about it. Exactly. I agree. But so last but not least, Bantu has to fix his parents' marriage. And so what we eventually learn is that his dad had an affair seven years ago. And so he confronts Yashu and Randeep about this. And Randeep is pretty upset. He hits Bantu and he's like, sometimes you have to lie to protect the ones you love. And Bantu's like, no, that's not true. Like, yeah, the truth is harder, but eventually it'll strengthen your relationship. And we know that mm-hmm. Bantu, he's all about honesty other than this whole lie he's spinning for this family, <laughs> but it's fine. So then we see the parents reconcile. Randeep finally apologizes for this affair. He's like sobbing with his head in Yashu's lap. Everybody's crying. I did also just think that like that the affair plot line kind of came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. It came up in such a way that I was like, oh my god, I must have missed something. Yeah, no. (laughs) But I don't think I did. No, like we just see these moments of tension throughout the movie between these two, but like, yeah, I don't know, I feel like they could have done something different from this. Like it didn't need to be an affair, it could have just been like, yeah, no, we're not close anymore, and like Bantu brings them back together, but yeah, no. Whatever, they did what they did, I just, Raj I think was the only plot line. That actually we saw evidence of throughout the film. Yeah. And then, like, a satisfying conclusion for him. Everything else, they kind of were just like, uh, here, let's dump it. Let's just slap this in. Yeah. And I will say, I did find the scene between Randeep and Yashu, like, their reconciliation was a really well-acted scene. It definitely was. Which made me wish that it had actually, like, fully the written impact behind it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't think that any of my problems with this film are in the acting. Definitely not, yeah. It is all in the writing. It's all in the writing. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so the Jindals, they invite Bantu to their Diwali celebration, Mm -hmm. and so then we get our next dance number, Ched Kanyan. It's a a good bop. It's my favorite. Oh, nice! This is a really good choice. Because it's like, it's laid back, but full of joy. Yeah. There's all these, like, pastels. Oh, so many good pastels. Samara is wearing what at first you're like, oh, that's a really pretty, like, turquoise dress. And then you realize it's pants. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. (laughs) Uh, She looks like a mermaid, but with pants, and it's great. (laughs) I love, um, I'm going to say Kartik. I love Kartik's dancing. He's so good. He's 
another one of these guys who can have vibes while he's dancing. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel his emotions through his movement, which I think is really hard to do. And he does it really well. But yeah, the song is really sweet. And it's kind of like Bantu at once being a part of the family, but also being distant from the family. At one point, yeah. he sees his mom kiss Raj on the forehead. And he's like, yeah. Ugh, like he wants that, but also he doesn't want to get in the way of that. So many good moments that, again, it's like, if this were what the whole movie felt like, it'd be a great movie. In the midst of all of the fun of this dance number, Yashu, Bantu's mom, gets kidnapped by Sarong. He's he's just creeping in her bathroom, and she goes in, and he he gets her. I'm sorry, any Billy, I know they're having a party, but, like, you'd have security. Well, except that Bantu (laughs) told the security to leave when the cop came earlier in the movie. Oh, that's right. It's all very silly. But so Sarang has kidnapped Yashu. He's demanding that the Jindal family re-sign the contracts and also give him like a billion dollars or I don't know, something. And so Raj is like, I'm going to go. I'm going to get her back. And Rondeep and Valmiki, his (laughs) biological and adopted father, are both like, no, son, this is not the task for you. But he's like, listen, when it's about my mom, we don't discuss, we act. Good for him. Yeah, he's going in, you know, swords drawn, ready to go. I did expect him to get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, Raj, you're not ready for this. Yeah, he's not ready for for this kind of thing. But good news is, as he drives up to the the meeting point, which is in some kind of, like, train station, one of Sarang's goons is just, like, sitting there staring into the middle distance. And he describes to Raj a scene and the scene is that Sarong and his goons, they were all sitting around, they were relaxing, they were playing games, they were all feeling good, waiting for the money. And then they got hit by a storm! <laughs> um, and this storm is Bantu, who's, he's riding in on his scooter, which got run over earlier in the movie. I was very confused <laughs> by that as well, yes. <laughs> but it's fine. He rides in on the scooter, as he's going, he grabs a scarf and like ties it around his head. And he like smiles at Yashu, he's like, hey mom, I'm here to save you. Even though you don't know I'm your mom. Or you're my mom. (laughs) I'm your mom. (laughs) Someone's someone's mom. Um, But then he starts beating people up. And so yet again, we get a a fight, kind of an out of nowhere fight. But it's fine. He's successful. He beats up all the goons. At one point, Sarong comes out and he's like, what is your relationship to this woman? And Bantu's like, she was my first home, my first love. But also, like, don't ask me questions in the middle of a fight scene, and then the fight scene kicks off again. Yeah, I did like that moment. It was a good just moment. Headbutts him. Yeah, and so then there's more fighting. Eventually, Bantu is like leading over Sarong's brother, and Sarong is coming up behind him with his stabby Murder umbrella, umbrella. <laughs> his favorite, his weapon of choice. Oh, um, and why Bantu he get a real weapon. I know, just get a real knife. <laughs> Like, you're in your own warehouse. You probably have other things. <laughs> like, you don't need a concealed weapon anyway. Because, again, it's not even, like, the umbrella. Like, he detaches the handle and it's, like, a saber. No, it's literally, like, he's just, using a three-inch long It's just a pointy part. umbrella, yeah. But anyway, he comes up behind Bantu. Bantu rolls out of the way just in time, and Sarong ends up stabbing his own brother. Yep. But so Bantu leaves triumphantly with Yashu. They go back home. And then we see Aditya confronting Valmiki in front of Bantu. And Valmiki's like, yeah, I'm really sorry for my son's behavior. Like, I don't know what his deal is. And Aditya's like, oh, is that all you're sorry for? And then he slaps him. (laughs) 
And he's like, I've known this whole time. So he has known as long as Bantu has known that Bantu mm-hmm. is the, the heir to the Jindal fortune. He overheard the nurse telling Bantu the whole story. Yep. And then, you know, Valmiki, I don't know, goes and stands in the corner and Aditya's like, Bantu, why didn't you get mad at Valmiki? Mm-hmm. Um, and Bantu says, well, I pitied him because he has two sons, but no one to call him father. Yeah. Um, and so he encourages Aditya to not hold this against Valmiki. And then Bantu is explaining that he didn't come to the family because he wanted anything, like you were saying before. He's not there right. for money or revenge or even really their acceptance. He's just there to make their family happy. And that is what he's done. He's kind of helped them through all of these these troubling times. And Randeep overhears this and Randeep Previously, we had seen him learn from Aditya that Bantu was his real son, and he's super proud of Bantu. Um, and he's saying, like, I always knew that my son would be like you, which is mm. kind of a bit mean to Raj, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Raj, you know, was a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> Through guy. no fault of his own. No. Um but uh, but Bantu like comforts him and he calls him Papa. And it's super sweet. And then they embrace. Um, but they decide that they're not going to tell Yashu or Raj because they don't want to separate another mother and son. Right. And it's one thing to learn that you've gained another mother after yours has died. Yeah. But it's another to realize you've lost one and your biological mother is dead. Yeah, that's real sad. That's yeah. Real sad. So I'm and again, I'm glad that this is the choice that they made mm-hmm. for this story because. Yeah, they could have gone in a different direction, but this ends up, everybody gets to feel good at the end of this. Yeah. Also, like, everybody wins, too, because Yashu tells Bantu that anyone who protects her family is like a son to her. And so she kind of accepts him as a son, even though she's not aware that she birthed him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. and then she basically tells Valmiki that she wants him to take Raj in and teach him <laughs> to be like Bantu. And then in the last scene, we see Bantu is basically forgiving Valmiki. And he's like, I wouldn't be who I was if you hadn't raised me like you did. And he gives him a new scooter and they drive off together. Yep. And well, OK, first we have we have an end credit song, which is called yeah. uh, Character Dila 2.0, which is also a good bop. It is really good, yeah. Um, I liked this one a lot. There's a lot of pelvic thrusting. There's a couple of fun moments where he gets, like, Bantu gets, like, dragged across the floor and he's, like, doing fun foot moves, which is cool. But, yeah, so that's the end of the movie. And, I don't know, my, like, big thought at the end is just, like, I really didn't want Valmiki to have a happy ending. Mm. Like, he didn't deserve that. He was the villain of the movie. He didn't have any sort of redemption arc. yeah. I don't think he deserves any of the credit for raising Bantu to be a good person. And I think he's complicit in Raj being raised as a spoiled rich boy. Yeah. Because we see him, like, indulge that at multiple points. And literally, he, like, helps Raj cheat at the very start of the movie. So, like, of course, Raj is not going to get as good grades or, like, it's going to take him longer to finish college if he didn't actually learn anything because Valmiki is cheating for him Mm -hmm. anyway. No, I agree. I think that's a hard one because I'm not even sure he ever really apologized. No, definitely not. It's more like they're like, okay, we're trying to get across this idea of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But there should be some sort of accountability, if you ask me. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I don't need to see him end up dead or imprisoned or, like, thrown out on the street or anything like that. But, yeah, just to see some sort of, like, apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would Owning up nice. to it. I guess they just assume because he's lived with 25 years of guilt over this that that's enough. But That's enough. Yeah. Nah. My big thought at the end of this movie was, mm-hmm. where the heck is Samara? <laughs> Because the last time we see her is the Diwali dance number. Yeah. And I thought maybe she'll be in the end credit scene. No. Nope. Yeah. What was the point of having her? I agree. Like, as much as I want Kriti in every movie Absolutely. I watch, her character was completely unnecessary. The love story was not needed. You don't have to have him fall deeply in love with this person. You could have it be a light flirtation if you, if you sure. feel like you need to have a woman in it then have it be that way. But it was like they either needed to lean more heavily into the romance mm-hmm. plot or remove it almost entirely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not one of the best movies we've ever seen. I will say after I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, crap, I should have waited until we watched uh-huh. it for the podcast because now I have to watch it again. I- Honestly, I cannot imagine watching it twice in like one month. I will say I did like it better the second time, I think because I had already been disappointed. Mm -hmm. So I could just watch it and be like, eh, this is fun. These parts are fun. I will say the acting was great. Yeah. From everyone. So I had a smile on my face most of it because I was enjoying myself. But yeah, I'm just like, this was not a good film. Like, yeah, it was subpar. And I have to believe that the Telugu original is way better it definitely got better ratings on imdb good it probably should because i'm like this one set a low bar (laughs) so kim last week you and i were talking because as we were wrapping up our episode we realized that netflix was recommending a different movie Mm -hmm. that i was like wow this has like the same plot (laughs) but it's telugu and then i saw that it had come out two years before we looked it up realized that Shazada was a remake, a Hindi language remake of a Telugu film called, and I'm apologizing now for probably butchering this name because it's very long, Ala Vekun Tapurmalu. And so, yeah, that came out two years ago. And so pretty much immediately they would have had to say, okay, yep, let's make this movie into a Hindi film. Yeah. And it just got us talking about, like, It feels like this has come up several times in recent memory Mm -hmm. where we'll realize that a film that we were watching that we thought that it was an original film only to find that this is a Hindi remake of South Indian film that came out not always, you know, that long ago. (laughs) Often very recently. (laughs) Right, which is always the part that like kind of weirds me out because I don't know, usually what I'm used to in Hollywood is like remakes tend to happen every like 10 to 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. There's a bit Maybe of a you'll get like every six years, but not usually. Yeah. And so the idea that you're doing a remake two years after the original came out, uh, why? Very like, what are you updating? What are you bringing to the table? Yes. And that's what I wanted to kind of talk about. I'm like, why is this happening so consistently? Mm-hmm. Why does it feel like the South Indian film industries are not doing remakes of Hindi films. Yeah. Let's look into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I wanted to call attention of just the two that I was thinking of off the top of my head that we have stumbled upon personally Mm -hmm. uh, that this happened. So other Hindi remakes include Malal, 
which yep. we watched just a few weeks ago, which was made in 2019. In that episode, Kim, you had brought up that it was a remake of the Tamil Telugu film 7G Rainbow Colony. That one actually came out in 2004. So there was a 15-year gap. Good. Good for Malal. <laughs> yes, which actually feels like, okay. But we have also previously personally talked about OK Janu, mm-hmm. which the Hindi version came out in 2017. And it was a remake of the Tamil film Okadal Kanmani, which came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. So again, two-year gap. And I just want to make a quick interjection in that this that is the only pair where I have seen both movies, and mm-hmm. the Tamil movie is better. Yes! Yeah. Not surprised. <laughs> which is just crazy because I loved OK Janu, and then I watched this Tamil movie, and I was like, wait a minute, this is the same plot. <laughs> And it's better. better. (laughs) Yeah, and that apparently seems to be a pretty common trend. Mm -hmm. But yes, let's just put a pin in that. My understanding is that in the 1970s and 1980s, the exchange went more consistently both ways. So film industries in the South, we're actually going to call them, because not all of the film industries in India that are outside of Mumbai are in the South. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to call them regional industries. Okay. The regional film industries elsewhere remade popular Hindi films in their own languages using their own superstars. So it was pretty common, 70s and 80s. Apparently there were a lot of remakes of Amitabh Bakchan's films. Interesting. Because at the time they didn't have dubbing. Yeah. And not everyone speaks Hindi. So they would remake a film in the local language so that it was accessible to the local populations. That makes sense. We'll tell this story in a way where everyone can enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then in the mid-90s, it appears that the trend swapped Hmm. so that it became more common for there to be Hindi remakes of other regional films. And there's still, again, there's still some give and take here and back and forth today, but it seems to me, from what I've seen, that the majority of remakes are Hindi remakes of other regional films rather than vice versa. Yeah. I saw a stat that said from 2000 to 2019, one in every three successful Bollywood films, so Hindi language films, where remakes were part of a series. Or both. Yes. Which, super common in movie industries across the world. We do have to note that. But like 33%. That's huge. In Bollywood, it's considered a tried-and-true method. If you want to make a movie successful, let's take this Telugu film that was super successful or this Tamil film because we know that the story is good. Mm -hmm. So the thinking is we up the production value, we add some big Bollywood stars in it, and then you make lots of money. It's just, it's so icky. It feels icky, (laughs) right. So a lot of regional filmmakers producers, writers, directors have weighed in on this conversation and said that that did used to work for Bollywood Yeah, because the regional industries didn't have the resources or the financial backing that Bollywood had. Mm -hmm. That's changing, which is great. I'm I'm grinning ear to ear right now. I know. It's like... (laughs) It's like the underdog story, and we love it. <laughs> yeah, I do love it. And, and to be fair, I read several articles, and it doesn't sound like anyone's too salty about it. Mm-hmm. But they are like, yeah, our regional industries are doing just fine. You need to come up with some original ideas. Yeah. 
But people working in the regional film industries outside of Mumbai say that they are continuing to do what they've always done, which is focus on one like intricate story, starring it with local talent Mm -hmm. and having it be relatable to their audience that they've always targeted. Sure. You know, so their local audiences who come out and they can say, wow, I see myself or I see my lived experience in these films. Yeah. A lot of regional industry people say that that's maybe where Bollywood is faltering, that they are making, Mm. one of the theories is that they're making these big cinematic experiences that don't actually reflect real life, which I think is also a little tiny faction of the boycott Bollywood movement too. I definitely wanted to bring up the boycott Bollywood movement Mm -hmm. because when I was doing that research, I was reading a lot of articles that were saying as Bollywood is kind of falling, Mm -hmm. these other regional areas of, of film production are rising. Yeah. And we're seeing the rise of these stars who previously were really only famous in their... Exactly. In their corner of the world that are now becoming these full, like, country, continent, and global superstars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, which is, is so great. Very <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I have goosebumps. I'm really excited about it. Like, 20 years ago, that wasn't really a thing. mm mm-hmm. um, But so, you know, there is this theory that the films coming out of Bollywood are really only accessible to people living in the cities, whereas the films coming out of the other regions are accessible to everyone. Yeah. Because city dwellers will still go and see those films because they're good quality films. Mm -hmm. They're not churning them out. They're actually taking the time to focus on a storyline. Right. Also, one other part, as I mentioned before, like Bollywood had the bigger budget and the resources, but the other regions have had some major blockbusters Mm -hmm. um, over the past few years, like RRR Mm -hmm. and Bahubali. And all of that, like... They're good. They have the resources now to make big budget, high production value films. So there's no longer that gap that Bollywood can kind of take advantage of. Yeah. And I'm glad that there's now, there is this now expectation falling on mm-hmm. Bollywood of like, okay, yeah. well, you can't just keep doing the same things you've, you've been doing. You've got to step it up. Right. And another part of this is dubbing and streaming. Mm-hmm. So again, previously, streaming wasn't really a thing, and either, neither was dubbing. So if a Tamil film came out, and people in Mumbai are like, well, we don't speak Tamil, Bollywood was like, great, we'll provide you with that film, but with Hindi stars and in Hindi. Now, with streaming and dubbing, you can pretty much access any film you want in whatever language you want. Mm-hmm. So at that point, why would you then watch the Hindi remake of a film that came out two years ago when you could just watch the original dubbed in Hindi, if that's the language that you need it to be dubbed in? Yeah, exactly. Which is a great question. And I think it's a question that we would ask ourselves too, except that most of the time we don't realize it's a remake (laughs) until we've already watched it. Until it's too late. Yeah. Right. So, and maybe we should be more aware of that moving forward. But again, these regional filmmakers are saying that they don't think Bollywood's adapting really well to Mm -hmm. this changing environment because they're trying to still do the same thing they've done. But over the past two years, the remakes have really pretty much all been flops. Yeah. um, With a few exceptions. So basically, yeah, it comes down to this rise of these regional industries Mm -hmm. who never 
never lost sight of who they were or like what they were providing for people yeah and it's almost like the tortoise and the hare (laughs) that's a great allegory (laughs) yeah yeah where it's like Bollywood was like full speed ahead Mm -hmm. because they could and then all the other regions are like all right we're gonna we're gonna stick true like stay true to what we're doing and make the art we want to make yeah and as the world becomes more open and people are able to see what they're providing um, or what they're producing, turns yeah. out that they're maybe ahead of Bollywood. Yeah, so. that is fascinating. And I'm really glad that you you shed a light on the, the language part of this because mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense that in a country where they speak like 1,400 languages, that yeah. like there would be this this need or this desire to tell this story in a language that people in a certain part of the country would be able to understand so that they can right. enjoy and engage in that storytelling. So that, that makes perfect sense to me. And there is this now need to kind of move forward with the times. Yeah. And I'll say too, I love Bollywood. I don't think that's ever going to change. No. And also, as I have done some exploring into some of these other regional industries it's been so much fun and literally like as you're saying you know these actors who are becoming like superstars Mm -hmm. on on a bigger stage I'm just like thinking of all the names of all the people who I'm like yes I can't wait for us to talk about them but there's definitely a place for what Bollywood is bringing like there's a place for the glitz and the glamour and the bigness and the escapism that comes with Mm-hmm. A movie like Shezada, if it wasn't a remake of right um, of another movie, and yes. if they were just putting that out there, I think there are days where that's the kind of movie you want to watch, right? And then there are days where you do want just good storytelling, yeah, and more. Depth. And I think that's why you know we saw Patan do so well, yeah, exactly. Like that's exactly yeah. what that is, yeah. It's just pure big budget action. It's yeah. just fun and entertaining and. I will also say it got me thinking a lot about remakes mm-hmm. in general and how I just feel like if you're doing a remake, you have to put your own spin on it. Absolutely. Yes. And it does seem like based on what I was reading, a lot of the Hindi remakes are like the same exact, like literally yeah. everything happens frame for frame. It's just in a different language with different actors. Yep. That is what I researched. I would encourage us both moving forward to be a little more aware <laughs> of what's a remake and what's not. Definitely, yeah. I really appreciate the the research that you did. I'm I'm really glad to be more aware of this now. And yeah, absolutely going forward, I think us having this awareness. And at the same time, I do want to say I'm glad that this is happening kind of like live on the podcast because... <laughs> We've always said what we want is to take this journey so that people Mm -hmm. who maybe want to go on this journey with us get to see it happening authentically. And so, like, we're becoming aware of these new things that we didn't realize before. And now, yeah, we are going to, like, the next time a movie comes out that we're like, actually, this is a remake, we'll watch the original. And then we'll watch the remake. And then we'll get to have a really, like, robust conversation around that. Yeah, because the last thing that I would want to do is give a Bollywood film that is a frame-for-frame remake, Mm -hmm. the credit. Exactly, for (laughs) telling a a story that someone else told first and better. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Especially as a white people. And we may have already done that. (laughs) Because I feel like that's, it's very much a white person thing. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Classic, classic white people. I mean, just classic privilege, I guess. Yeah. 
but yeah, super interesting and looking forward to where this brings us in the future for sure. Mm-hmm. One thing I am 100% behind is anytime any film industry outside of Hollywood wants to remake a Hollywood movie and put their own spin on it, as long as that spin is happening, yes, totally behind that because that's Absolutely. really fun. And someday we'll talk about all of the Bollywood remakes of famous Hollywood movies that I have cast in my own mind. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Oh, we're still waiting for that Bollywood Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be so good. <laughs> um, I have a little bit of Bollywood news. Great, go right ahead. Sort of. Circling back around to Citadel, starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas. So as of recording this, we're recording like a little bit ahead of schedule. So I there's only three episodes out right now. I've watched all three of them. It's really good. Oh, yes, that's great. Yeah, like just great action. And there is a level of absurdity that <laughs> does make me feel right at home. Good, excellent. <laughs> um, like at one point, someone like jumps off a building and they have boots that turn into like skis. Oh, love and it. And then they do like a fun like flip where they have been able to like shoot two guys chasing them on snowmobiles. I'm like, what's happening? This is great. Priyanka is just phenomenal excellent it's really really good and I'm really excited to see what else it will bring but yeah so you know now that I have watched it I can recommend it highly recommend it great on Amazon Prime I'm very excited to watch it maybe I'll watch it this weekend feels like a good weekend watch go I just wanted to share Tiger's announcement that he has a movie coming out in 2024 that he is starring in with Akshay Kumar so that's fun. I don't know about this. Yeah, they like sort of teased it a little bit. It looks like an action flick. We've seen Where he dances. Um, yeah, definitely. We've seen him and Akshay Kumar have done some things on Instagram together somewhat recently. So yeah. not a huge surprise to see it, but I didn't know that that was what that was leading to. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. So pluggables. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Two white girls talk Bollywood. That's us. Follow us comment, DM us, like our photos. Also, feel free to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell your friends if you want to or don't. (laughs) Or Uh, keep it your secret, whatever you want. (laughs) Keep it your secret. It's just we're all in on it. (laughs) We're your friends now. (laughs) Yes. And if you feel like it, you can leave leave a review or rate us. We'd love to see it and appreciate any and all feedback. Absolutely. And we have a YouTube and a Spotify playlist. We link those in our episode descriptions as well as on our Instagram posts on Tuesdays. Join us over on Spotify and YouTube listening and watching uh, our favorite dance numbers from each of the movies that we watch. Yeah. So next film. Yes. We're very excited because two fairly recent releases showed up on Netflix. Yes. Um, And so we are going to try to stay hip, (laughs) keep up with the times. Exactly. Uh, So our next film will be Circus. Yes. Which neither one of us has seen. No, yeah, this this is another new one to both of us. It's another Ron Veer movie. 
I will say someday we've got to watch some of the Ron Veer movies that we know are really good. Um, yes. But he is my favorite Bollywood boy. So I'm going to hope that this is a better representation of his talents than uh, Ricky Bell. Uh, but if it's not, just everybody hang in there and we'll get to the real good Ron Veer stuff eventually. I mean, based on the scenes that Netflix is showing me, it seems like he's doing his expressions yeah. and that's always good. Yeah. He's very expressive and very dancing. Also, Jacqueline Fernandez. I know. I just saw her. Her face just scrolled by on IMDb, and I had no idea she was in this. <laughs> Me neither. And so I'm so excited. Yep. It's going to be great. She's also a wonderful actress um, who I'm excited to see more of her work. Yeah. This whole cast, I mean, this whole top four on IMDb, because we've also got rounding it out Varun Sharma, who we've seen in a couple of different things. He's a good comedic actor. Um, and then Pooja Hedge, who we've seen in a couple things as well, most notably for us, Mohenjo Daro. Um, yes. It looks fun. Yeah, um, it looks really fun. Oh, and Johnny Lever's in this. Oh my gosh, I'm just oh discovering God, so he... much about circus. <laughs> That's great. I'm super excited. So it's spelled C I R K U S. Yes. So it's available on Netflix. Yeah, IMDb plot description is two sets of identical twins are accidentally separated at birth several oh. years later when they are coincidentally in the same town there is a lot of confusion and misunderstanding when people mistake them for each other oh my god i love a doubles yeah <laughs> so does bollywood <laughs> they really do and like i've seen some that i could not continue and i've seen some i really like yeah so, so this could be hit or miss but we'll find out yeah, that's fascinating because that plot point is not mentioned at all <laughs> in the Netflix synopsis. So the Netflix synopsis is chaos and comedy take the spotlight when a ringmaster and his band of acrobats set out to revive the fading culture of classic circus entertainment. I think mm. both very different plot descriptions and both. Yeah, are I'm very excited promising. to see how they go together. Yes. <laughs> and also, like, yet another, like, birth tumult yeah. <laughs> movie without even knowing like who knows what criminal is responsible for separating these poor twins at birth <laughs> right or maybe they're just left at a train station also a remake by the way coolie number one yeah that one i knew but yeah looking forward to to diving into this next week great until then remember bollywood doesn't need us oh. <laughs> uh, it doesn't need us but it does apparently need the other regional need, industry yeah need to rip off a bunch of other <laughs> which we say with love we do we do but let's own it but we need bollywood yes that's true and we also need to watch more of these original films yeah listen we all have needs <laughs> <laughs> and that's it yep bye bye <laughs>